the Start Your Own Business podcast. Hear inspiring startup stories and get reliable expert advice on how to start your business and get off to the best possible start. Brought to you by Startup Donut, helping small businesses succeed. Hello, I'm Chloe Thomas, your host, and in this episode, we'll be looking at high growth businesses, or as they're more often now called, scale ups. Our guest is scale up expert Guy Rigby, SME advisor, mentor, and author of the bestseller From Vision to Exit The Entrepreneur's Guide to Building and Selling a Business. Guy has spent most of his professional career advising the founders and management teams of growing SMEs. But he doesn't just talk the talk. He's built and sold his own accountancy firm and has been a co-founder and or investor in businesses in the IT, care tech, property, defence, manufacturing and retail sectors. We are going to be talking about the fast growth world of business talking you through the key things to get in place if you want to go down that route and getting into how to put that together to make your business a fast scale-up business. Before we meet our guest, do find out about the show sponsors, Dell Technologies, and how their technology solutions could help your business to become more productive, efficient, secure and successful. This series of the Start Your Own Business podcast is brought to you by Startup Donut in association with Dell Technologies. Did you know you can get even more out of Startup Donut with new exclusive benefits from Dell Technologies? Dell for Startups provides key solutions to help set up your startup for success, including exclusive member pricing and a dedicated technology advisor who will get to know the needs and goals of your business. Advisors will deliver customised, scalable solutions for rapid tech enablement with top business class PCs and accessories. Join now for valuable resources that will help your business get growing. Visit dell.com forward slash UK startups to join today. It's time to meet our startup expert, Guy Rigby. Hello, Guy. Hi there. Great to have you here with us. We're talking in this episode about fast scale up startups. So often we think that scale ups are just a tech sector thing, but they're not, are they? No. Tech scale ups are probably the best known form of scale up these days because you create some software, create your rights, and you send it to multiple people. So it's an easy business, in theory at least, to scale. Now there are plenty of more normal businesses, products, business services type businesses that can also scale up. And what sets scale ups apart from other growing businesses? Is it the speed of growth, the time in which they grow? Is there a precise definition or is it more of a mindset? Well, there, there is a definition. I mean, uh, I think the definition is that you, either, you grow your business revenue or your start by 20% per annum and a period of two years, I believe, is the definition. And uh, you have to have at least 10 people at the start of that period. So that defines what a scale-up means. Okay, so 20% a year growth of either team or income, starting off with 10 people over a two-year period. That's right. Then you get into the scale-up bracket. Got you. So there's quite a bit of consistency required then. Absolutely. And... 
Is it something that a business has to decide on day one before they do anything else? Or is it something which an existing business can pivot into? I think it is possible for existing businesses to pivot. It generally involves a change of mindset. And I would actually say it is the mindset of the entrepreneur that determines whether a business is a scale-up or an ordinary slower growth business. So how is that mindset different for a scale-up rather than a normal growth? Is it, is it just you decide or are there different, I guess, habits and ways of working? I think there are lots of different aspects, actually. But I mean, for a, for a start, you've got to have an idea that is in itself scalable. You know, if you own a chorus shop, which is a perfectly respectable business in your local village, you're not going to be a scale-up. You're certainly not going to get there. So you have to create a business which is capable of being scaled, which comes with a vision, really. So I talk about vision, strategy, and tactics. And uh, vision is the most important thing. You know, Bill Gates had a big vision, uh, computer on every desk, Henry Ford, a car for the masses, you know, Jeff Bezos, you know, a store without walls, whatever you like. But those are the kinds of big ideas that, that come with the ability to scale. Once you've done that, you've got to figure out how you're going to, to, to go about scaling. And it's difficult to just grow a big business off, off the bat, as it were. You've got to go through some formation and some, some early stage you know, preparation. And you've got to have a proof of concept and, and uh, get your market fit right and all that sort of stuff. And then you can start to think about scaling the business, providing, of course, there's enough demand product and service that you've created. So there's a bit of research to do before you can go, yeah, we're definitely going to be a fast scale-up business. You, you need to do to dot some I's and cross some T's, do some due diligence. Absolutely. I, I would argue that most businesses are not capable of being scale-up businesses. But it's important for me that the entrepreneur recognises that right at the beginning, because if you start, you know, everyone starts a business with passion, right? They all think, oh, this is just the most fantastic idea. I really love this concept. I've got to do this thing. That passion can wear off after a few years when you're still uh, plowing along at a very small turnover, just about managing to meet the monthly wages bill, etc. So I think uh, I actually talk about entrepreneurs pushing water uphill and I encourage them not to. My view is that, you know, if you, you need to understand the business and the type of business you're going into. Either it is scalable or it has the potential for scale, in which case you would look at it in that light, or it, or it doesn't. And there are plenty of people running very successful businesses very happily that, uh, that, that don't have any desire to scale. Yeah, because of course you don't have to, do you? But what are the what are the factors that usually mean a business won't be scalable? Obviously, we've got the mindset, as we've already discussed, of the founder. We've also got, I would guess, the size of the market you've mentioned already. Do enough people actually want to buy it? What other limiting factors might there be that just don't make this an option for a business? Well, I mean, a services business can be quite challenging to scale because it depends on typically I, I don't mean IT services, by the way. I mean general services that people sit behind desks or or in rooms and provide, because it's 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 people, and uh, you know it's quite difficult to grow a big organisation of people. It takes some managing, so that can be challenging. So 
geographical limitations can be a problem. Most businesses these days are technically, technologically enabled, right? They, you know, right? So an online presence is really important to a scale up so that people can understand about its brand, where they can find it, and indeed they can access a global audience through online. So basically, if you've got one location, uh, you're not going to scale probably one location serving the customer. I mean, if you, if you've got um, huge numbers of people, it's just going to take you a great deal longer to scale. That's not to say you can't, but it will take you longer. And are there particular business types? I mean, we mentioned the tech sector already. Are there any other particular business types that lend themselves particularly well to the fast scale up scenario? Well, I was thinking about this before we, the interview, and I was just thinking about companies that have managed to scale and are not tech companies that have really taken the world by storm. I mean, a very obvious one going back is, is Red Bull where Dieter Matajitz, I think his name was, had a, a, a healthy, you know, drink when he was in Thailand and uh, he did something to him, gave him a buzz or something. And uh, he asked he asked what this particular drink was made of and, and uh, they gave him the name and he said, well, what does that translate into, into English? And he said, they said Red Bull. And he was off. And we all know what happened to Red Bull. You see them everywhere. It's a fantastic brand. And it's all down to the marketing of that brand, to be honest. A more recent one that, that I've come across very recently is a company called Huel, H-U-E-L, which does powdered foods and other types of food. Obviously, everyone's very health conscious these days. People veering away from meat options to, to vegan and vegetarian options and things like that. And uh, Huel have, have been going since 2015, and I understand that they're somewhere now between 100 and 150 million of revenue each year, which is really an extraordinary story. Yeah. So, so consumer brands, yeah. whether we take the, the direct consumer route of e-commerce or the distribution route like Red Bull can also be, can lend themselves well to it. I suppose if you've got a product that has that wide an appeal, that bigger market, then the, uh, the world's your oyster. Um, it strikes me, Guy, that a scale-up business, to grow that fast, you're not going to be bootstrapping, are you? You're going to need some funding behind you. Is that critical for a scale-up? I think ultimately, yes. I have acted for a scale-up in the past that actually was entirely self-funded. They just had the right mix. It was a retail uh, business, had retail shops on the high street. It was a long time ago, and I'm sure it would be difficult to repeat today. But that business never borrowed a cent. It generated and it grew very, very fast. But I think uh, generally, once you've gone through that startup phase and you've proved your concept and you've got your customer fit, and uh, you, you prove that there is a demand out there, typically people will go out and raise some kind of funding, either, either from their family and friends or perhaps more formally through an institution such as a venture capital firm. So that initial research to, to work out if you've got an idea is also very useful for helping you get persuade people to give you the cash you need to, to invest in that business. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there is... Um, you know, there's, a, there's a funding ladder that we talk about and you, you sort of go from family and friends uh, through to business angels and, and then you start looking at maybe some crowdfunding. Crowdfunding can be very good to a, 
consumer-facing businesses, the likes of Crowdcute and Cedars, uh, manage those campaigns. Uh, and then you probably enter the institutional market. And to get into the institutional market, you are beyond the startups, to be honest. You, you will have revenues. You will have a pretty defined growth path ahead of you. You'll have some elements of your management team in place because we haven't talked about management yet, but management is just as important, if not, well, much more important than, than the idea. You can have the most brilliant idea with the worst management and you can go and see you know. So well, that, that's, the, that's the, the issue for me. So, so if you want to go down the institutional road, friends and family, rather, friends and family are very friendly. Angels are a little bit more discerning. Once you get into the venture capital route, it's very discerning. They're managing other people's money. They are trying to make a, a significant return. Cool. Well, let's talk, like you suggested, about the management side of things now, because it's if we go back to your example of Red Bull, the, he's on the beach drinking a drink whilst on holiday, presumably has next to no knowledge of the beverages or distribution or any of the rest of it, but has this idea and can see the potential, possibly no knowledge of branding, possibly no knowledge of the marketing side of it. So how can a founder set them up for success in that way? Is it partly about learning and getting themselves trained or is it more about getting the right people in the right places because there's that speed element? So I guess if you can buy the knowledge, it's going to be faster than if you try and learn it yourself. So without doubt, the management team is the most important thing. If you haven't got a good management team, it doesn't matter how, how good your idea is, you will inevitably fail uh, to grow your business or scale your business. But not every business has the same needs in terms of management. I think most businesses do need a strong outward-facing CEO, someone who can go to market, who is credible in place of the market, and who has experience in the area that they're, they're trying to grow the business. Often, certainly in goods and products businesses, there may be an internal facing COO to manage production and all the internal resources. Obviously, a good FD, good financial, financial director or, or chief financial officer or whatever they get called these days. It's very important uh, because you must not run out of money. You must have credible visibility over your uh, your day-to-day activities and what, what's going on. And thereafter, you know, uh, you might want your, if you're a tech business, you'll have a CTO, chief, chief technical officer. You may have a sales director and a sales team in, in, in place. You may have regulatory advisors because you might be in some form of regulated business that, that requires those kinds of kinds of inputs. So. So each team, there needs to be a reason why you employ your staff and indeed your often uh, a scale-up business will go out and raise that institutional capital and the institution will ask for either representation on the board or to put an expert in a particular area on your board to help you. So those are the kinds of things that you need. But the important thing is that everybody's singing off the same hymn sheet, everybody's trying to move the company in the same direction. Everybody understands the direction of travel and gets right behind it. Which, when you're thinking about a business growing so fast over such a prolonged period of time, makes total sense you'd want not all those core areas falling on one person to solve the inevitable problems that are going to come in fast growth land. One of which I believe often trips people up is premises and space, because it 
they can that can be quite a tricky thing to get right if you're growing fast, can't it? Well, it can, but I mean, my experience is that a lot of a lot more businesses are becoming increasingly virtual. I mean, I do know, unfortunately, some businesses that are taking on enormous premises that they took on prior to the pandemic, and you go and see them these days, and and you know you feel like you're walking into a labyrinth or something. There's, there's nobody there. Um, because people are working from home. So, so I, I think it is, I, I'm a personal believer that, that, you know, that people should meet up and get to meet each other at work. It can be a bit lonely working remotely all the time, but I, there's no doubt that, um, premises are not such a big issue in an office based environment as they were. Clearly, if you're, I don't know, an Amazon big warehouses or, or your manufacturing company, you're going to have to have premises and, but they may not, it may be a problem, but, uh, they often those, those premises may not be in the UK anymore. You're a proper scale up business. Where are you going to go to, to, to make your products or goods or services? It may well not be the UK. It may be the UK. Yeah. I, I think there is an adequate supply of space for these companies to grow. So I'm, I'm that, that aspect of scaling up doesn't worry me. It is important, however, to make sure you've got modern terms of engagement, to make sure you're not entering into enormously long, onerous leases that trap you forever, because some of these premises, you know, may be difficult to get out on if you do, you can do that. Talking of it not no longer being one of the biggest mistakes people make as premises, are there any other common mistakes you see in fast growth startups that we could give the uh, the listeners the pre warning to keep an eye out for, or have we covered them all already? No, I mean there, there are hundreds. Of, I mean, every corner you turn, there is a different challenge that you need to 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 find a way through. Yeah, cash flow managing your cash is obviously a massively important aspect of running a startup or a scale-up startup, if you like, because if you run out of cash, then, you, then you're going to be dead. The, the other is, other things I think are uh, what we call a columns problem, what I call a columns problem, which is that uh, lots of people produce these wonderful financial forecasts and you look at them and they must be right, mustn't they, because they're all nicely printed out with big black text from your printer and all the rest of it. But actually what you tend to find is that uh, the income columns, which are normally quite near to the net, tend to move to the right. You know, so the income always takes longer to earn than you think. The revenue doesn't start as quickly as you can. Whereas of course the opposite happens to the expenses. The expenses are always higher than you think. So I think having that uh, financial control and on effectively some kind of cushion or um, some spare cash to make sure that, 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 you, um, that you can survive is important. The other thing is that entrepreneurs can be very, they're very passionate, they're very compelling, very convincing, and they can convince lots of people that things are going to be going to happen very, very fast. And uh, everybody gets terribly excited, gets on board, and sometimes they outrun themselves and they can't keep up with their own forecasts and that can cause all sorts of problems. So you know, plenty of difficulties, including practical difficulties, working out how to reward your employees, you know, what the international tax rules say about opening up in 
wherever these all these challenges have to be have to be coped with. And that's why you need a team. You need a team that, that can and you need outside advisors because your team is not going to have everything. Your team will have a lot of what it takes, but probably you will you will also need to allow external advisors to to give that technical expertise that will support your team in their roles. Excellent advice. Well, look, Guy, we're nearly at the end of the uh, interview. So is there one key thing you feel the listeners should take away from our discussion in this episode? I know it's crass, but the, the cash point is the most important one. You've got to remember that if you run out of cash, you're, you're probably going to go bankrupt. Your company, rather, perhaps not you you're probably going to go bankrupt and you may well not get a second chance because, you know, people, history hasn't, you know, people, people look at you and, um, think that history may repeat itself. So they may not back you a second time round. So I think that's the, the most important thing. Well, Guy, it's been brilliant chatting to you about all of this. Before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know how they can find you and your business on the web, please? So uh, Guy Rigby, I'm on LinkedIn. I don't think there are many of me. And my website is www.guyrigby.com. Marvellous. Nice and straightforward. Well, look, Guy, thank you so much for being on the show and being such a great guest. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. So we covered a lot there and I suspect some of you will be going, wow, that sounds brilliant. I want some of that. And some of you will be going, oh my word, that is not for me. But that's totally fine. That's one of the reasons this series exists is to help you work out what is and is not going to be part of your startup journey. But whatever sort of startup you're building, I think many of the points Guy was making just on a different scale, no pun intended, are relevant to you. The first, as he reiterate, is cash. Cash is king. No matter what size your business, no matter how old your business is, quite frankly, you've got to make sure you've got the cash you need to run it. Secondly, that vision part he mentioned right at the beginning, to know where you're aiming, what what is it you want your business to do, to achieve, to take you. Get clear on that and it will make a lot of your decision making an awful lot easier. And then thirdly, having the right team around you, whatever form that takes. If you're making, you know, if you're building a smaller business, maybe it's just some friends who can advise you in key areas or a couple of freelancers or a coach. If you're, if you're building a bigger business, maybe it's employees. There's lots of different ways to build a team these days, but get the right people around to help you over the course of your business. Now, we covered a lot of ground in this episode. So to help you, you can find the summary notes for the episode and links to more free resources by visiting startupdonut.co.uk uk forward slash podcast and that's donut spelt d-o-n-u-t this series exists to help you complete key tasks and negotiate challenges when setting up and growing your new business that's it for series four do listen back to series one two and three and make sure you're subscribed so you're among the first to know when series five goes live find start your own business on your podcast app of choice and hit the subscribe or follow button we recommend apple podcasts and spotify you can also head to startupdonut.co.uk forward slash newsletter and register to get updates by email that's another way to make sure you you don't miss out on series five. Thanks to 
Dell Technologies for making this whole series possible. And don't forget to join the Dell for Startups programme for more exclusive benefits and valuable resources. Details coming up. Did you know you can get even more out of Startup Donuts with new exclusive benefits from Dell Technologies? Dell for Startups provides key solutions to help set up your startup for success, including exclusive member pricing and a dedicated technology advisor who will get to know the needs and goals of your business. Advisors will deliver customized, scalable solutions for rapid tech enablement with top business class PCs and accessories. Join now for valuable resources that will help your business get growing. Visit dell.com forward slash UK startups to join today.